had the mouse upside down and then it was like, oh, hot corners. Oh, no. And we were ruined. But we're fine now. Oh, shit. Like, that's. Yeah, that's a little too loud, probably. I think you're going to be fine. Yeah. I See, if I talk all quiet and normal, it like barely shows up. Well, just don't get excited about anything. That's That's easy for you to say. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode uh, video 161. Game is it 161? It is. Hot Corners. 161. Uh, sorry we didn't do a, an episode last week. I don't remember why we didn't do it. I just remember that you it was had not played the assignment. Fault. Oh, I hadn't played the assignment, but there were probably other reasons too. We had uh, guests in town. We did. We're about to have some more. I, uh, man. In between now and the last episode, I had a four day period where on one night I had a 4th of July barbecue, and on the next night, I had my 20th high school reunion, and on the next night, I had my birthday party, and on the next night, I was in Las Vegas. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm never going to be sober again. That is a lot of drinking. Well, I didn't even drink that much during the reunion, because I overdid it at the 4th of July barbecue, and oh. then I was hungover all day of the reunion. The and I was irony like, oh, is, is that you bought, be- you bought beer for everybody. I guess that's true. Uh, but... I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of shit going on, but the pace hasn't slowed down. We had company in town. We got more company right. in town tomorrow and the next day, and everything's going ape shit all the time. And Gosh. It's busy, and everything is busy. What have you guys been up to? Nothing. <laughs> I uh, took a lead climbing class. It was great. Uh, I went to California Extreme. It was double great. Yeah, but we're going to talk about that and what have you been playing, because what have you been playing as video games at California Extreme? Okay. Sure. What, else, what else have you... Come on. Come on. This is the part of the show where people crave mm-hmm. detailed knowledge about Man, shit that literally no one cares the July about. July 4th weekend, I I just did fucking nothing. I, like, stayed in bed for almost an entire day and played g- games on my phone. Were you sick? No. I just was like, you know what? You I'm going to take a day and just do fucking nothing. Happy was, birthday, America. I'm going to be a shiftless yeah, fucking layabout. It was layabout. great. It was super, super great. That doesn't sound great at all. That sounds terrible. No, it was great. It was really great. I listened to a bunch of uh, bro partiers downstairs. And then, uh, have we really not recorded since the 4th? No. Wow, that's crazy. We haven't recorded since the 1st. That's nuts. How does that even work? Uh, Yeah, and it it was great. I uh, I have been entertaining folks in town. So, did you even go up to the roof to watch fireworks nope. in the distance? You stayed in bed. Oh, all there day was on no the way in hell I was going to go up to our roof on July Fourth with the forty fucking bros oh, up there. No, great. no, those guys were assholes all day long, and I was just super not interested. In I bet they were fine. I bet if I had been there, they would have been like, "Hey, they were, what's up, fellow bro? Let's chill." And they were tossing stuff. a football between the roof and Sounds the like a thing that I would the do. back. The that back sounds like deck. a great idea. That would be so fun. Let's God, do that tonight. So annoying. Let's go home after we record, and I'll get on the roof, and you go into those assholes' yard, and then we'll throw a football back and forth, and if we break all their stuff, oh, well. What, bro? is just football, bro. What do you want? Yeah. Do you think... So I saw this... Uh, somebody posted something on the internet somewhere that kind of cut me because it said, anybody more interesting than me is a hipster, anybody less interesting than me is a bro. And mm. I thought... You know, that's exactly how I approach the world, and I should be nicer to everyone all the time. I don't feel like hipsters are more interesting. Yeah. Oh, I do. They have much more interesting mustaches. Okay. Hmm. Mustaches. Am I right? Five years ago? Yes. Did you see... uh, So, Riff, you'll appreciate this. Uh, As I was walking from the 
space that I rent to park my car into the <laughs> apartment that I rent in this rapidly gentrifying area of San Francisco. They had opened a place called Urban Putt, which is a bar with mini golf inside. Nice! <laughs> That's a, probably a pretty good use of space instead of, <laughs> I don't know, 40 apartments. I have been in one other sort of like bar slash, I guess, I don't know if it was a bar. It was like, it was indoor mini golf. And they had booze in D.C., but I don't... That's the only other kind of situation like that that I can uh, recall. Was you it good? You just Did have the, the same yeah. hole over and over, and as you get drunker and drunker, you won't even It gets notice. harder and harder. Yeah, it gets harder true. and harder, yeah. I mean, you could also do a sort of a modular, like, computer-controlled mini-golf course where it was just one hole, but it became like, you know, like it would create... Oh, like it transforms? Yeah, like it. No, it does like a little Tron, like a replication of a windmill. You know, it draws it in wireframe and then it like 3D prints a windmill. It, like just for dropping a windmill in from the ceiling. But uh, like some of the. No, the, it just fabricates it out of, I don't know, pixels. Orphan tears in real time. <laughs> like what? Petroleum? Sure. Or so I don't know, what a 3D, resource. What do 3D printers run on? That shit can't be cheap. Pixie dust. Okay. So pixie sticks, you 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 got to feed it pixie sticks. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're never going to run out of sugar as long as we got these corn subsidies. Am I right? I don't know. What'd you do for the Fourth of July, Riff? Uh, nothing, man. I don't even remember. Did you lay in well bed all day and play games on your phone? Uh, I think I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched anime. I think I okay. caught up on my anime. That's very anime. American. That's yeah, I, I guess that's I had super some... American. Oh man, not only did I catch up on my anime, it was an anime about a girls high school mahjong tournament. So it's like super American. Yeah. Why is everything having to do with anime the worst thing? Riff. <laughs> if she got wet, did she transform into some sort of animal? Uh no. No. That's my like. She did have like a magical mahjong power. Every single character in this series, oh my god, has a magical mahjong power. Jesus Christ! Could you could you give examples of what some of the magical uh, mahjong well, powers for example, are? Um, the main character in this series, uh, if she gets a four of a kind, then the next tile that she draws will always be the winning tile she requires. This this sounds so painfully like some sort of like video game tie-in anime series. Hmm. Is is that what it is? Not to my knowledge, but like video game mahjong games are popular in Japan, so I would bet that there is at least one of those that was made after the anime became popular. Huh. But I don't think it's the other way around. Because I mean, it, it it sounds a lot like, you know, a GoBots cartoon or something like that. Well, that yeah, just... like the sports tournament anime is a, is a very popular form of anime. I kind of feel like this one is the anime guys going, well, what sport haven't we done yet? And they go, oh, Mahjong? Okay, sure. But, I mean, if I like Mahjong as, whoa, that... Some really weird noises just happened in the Skype call. Was that you? Uh, but yeah, anyway, so it's sports sports anime is popular, and I feel like they just ran out of them, so they did a Mahjong one. But if if you like Mahjong, and I think it's a, it's a pretty good game, so it was kind of interesting. So there are, like, football 
animes. Oh, and sure. Football, tennis, basketball. and uh, uh, Go, and just about anything you can think of. There's probably so mahjong there. and Go are sports. Well, sports or games or anything that people would compete at that you could reasonably have a tournament of. Did you see the XKCD that had the uh, top players or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I I spent a lot of time just reading uh, Wikipedia articles about chess players that I didn't know anything about. Like the the current the current top chess player in the world is like twenty three hmm. or something. He's from a he's from a Nordic country. I don't I didn't retain many details because I'm. I'm sort of a skim reader, uh, but uh, he has the highest ELO rating of any person ever. That's I wonder wild. why. I wouldn't yeah. expect it to be a young guy. I would expect why, that to why, be like an old guy who's not? been around yeah. for Like a long all time. important published physics papers are published by guys that are in their early 20s. Mm. Like most, yeah, it's right. I mean, there's just there's a lot of data to suggest that like guys who are like 23 are just as smart as they're ever going to be. I think he beat a grandmaster I, chess player at when I he was like 13. I feel like it's not necessarily raw intelligence though, but it's uh, surely experience also factors into it. Yeah, but right? wouldn't you say the same thing about writing physics papers? Wouldn't you say the same thing about figuring well, out guess things so. about yeah, math? That's, that's why. Yeah, this but is you'd a but yeah, but you'd be but you'd be wrong, Riff. which is weird. wrong. And I have the data to prove like, it. And you I know feel why? Like because I'm Gladwell would have some words. <laughs> I just think yeah. it's bizarre. It seems like it seems like the best chess players would be twenty two year olds. They're not in general. They're usually older. And like, if you look at the, their but is that just careers. because twenty two year olds are like chess is boring? It's for old men, and then the old men we are like, like, yeah, like, you keep believing chess. that. Uh, the like of the Naked top <laughs> top ten chess players that are women, three of them are sisters. Huh. It's pretty. It's pretty hardcore. Were they raised in a weird chess fantasy? Uh, chess family, maybe. Chess I don't know about anime. chess fantasy. <laughs> so, does one of them have a magical power where anytime she has four queens on her side of the board, <laughs> the next pawn that she promotes will also be a queen? Yes, because that's less of a magical power than just a choice that you would make under extremely weird circumstances. And a uh, uh, friend of ours tweeted something from the chess uh, Wikipedia article, which talks about how castling was an innovation in chess because they had to figure out some way to combat the newly way more powerful bishop and queen pieces. Hmm. <laughs> That's so, neat. Yeah. Apparently there have been a lot of rules variants on chess over the years, mm. over the like hundreds of years, thousands of years that it's been. Played when when did castling become a thing? 1600s. Okay, 1800s. So there haven't like been many changes in the in the last no, no many, but there are variants. No, no, there are a bunch of variants. Yeah, that like chess in, too has has just chess in Japan. It big. doesn't have castling, for example. Yeah. Currently, does it have en passant? When when I did en passant become a that, thing? I don't. That seems like a weird edge case. Like I've never had it come up in any game of chess that I've ever played. Huh. Um, but I don't know that I would identify a situation where it was a thing that you could do. Yeah, I don't remember how that Castling came up a lot. That's like capturing a pawn sideways from another pawn or something. Yeah. Well, it's like you can move past a pawn and capture it in passing. It's like, like if it, it, if a pawn, since it gets to move two spaces its first turn, if it moves through a space... 
where another pawn would have been able to catch it if it had stopped at that middle space, then the, then the opposing pawn can still catch it, I think is how that works. Huh. Well, why would that ever come up? I don't if know. it's a thing that if it's a thing that gets triggered by I thought it was that if you that you can move past a pawn and if you could have captured it instead you can mm. even though you also move past. What it. about if you move pat a pawn? Pat a pawn. You play <laughs> pat a pawn. Pat a pawn. I played a I played a game at California Extreme called Come on Baby where yeah, I got to I, play Pan Pan, I the baby with a panda too. outfit. Okay, I played the I played Zombie, the black baby. Okay, yeah. what baby did you choose, Riff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I chose Wonder Baby Red. Good, there you go. Uh, the Kung Fu specialist. Okay, I uh, there's Kung a there's Fu. a mini game in that where they tie an an old fashioned naval mine to a baby, and then you have throw to them in a uh, try to they throw them in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to swim out of the ocean with. It could have been a very large aquarium. Mine is okay. Sure, yeah, just a whole just lot of bathwater. Weird river. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a uh, it is a mini it is a game where there is. A, there are three extremely large buttons which are meant to be like slapped and you know, a, like a, a joystick. <laughs> there's a joystick? Yeah, there's a joystick. Huh. Huh. Because like sometimes like the balance board would was like balance was the was the A button and the joystick. Oh yeah, okay. I'm confusing I'm confusing No the balance board was a mini game, not there was not actual a balance board uh like you're confusing with what? I'm confusing come on baby with Bishibashi. Oh yeah. Bishibashi was just a bunch Four of Mario buttons. Party style games oh with a bunch of God. big, same kind of big old buttons. Yeah, it, it's so great. So California Extreme this year had a lot more weird Japanese games, yeah. and it was pretty great. Super rad. B- uh, Bishibashi, one of the like mini games in Bishibashi is you are a dude who has to get from one end of the like from the left end of the sort of row of things to the right end and each station that you have to go to is a toilet and you have to either lift the the cover and then sit or uh lower the the like seat thing and then sit or just sit because it's already in the right orientation and you have to like traverse go from toilet to toilet to toilet to toilet and then get to the last one where you can finally relieve yourself um, i see and what like as fast as you possibly can yeah so it's all, okay. all all of these are like they're competitive competitive like you, you're playing it against a games. guy next to you okay yeah and also you're you're go you know against the like database of everybody who's ever played so they can give people rankings or whatever what happens if um, you sit down wrong you fall down. You I lose think. some progress. You, you lose. Yeah, lose. There was a there was an event in Come On Baby where we uh, Emily and I had to have a baby slap fight. Yeah, that one you, is. Weird. You move back and forth with the joystick that I now remember was a thing, uh, and you have one button to slap and one button to sort of bend backwards Lean at forty five back. degrees. Yep. And man, I kicked her ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just apparently way better at beating up babies than my girlfriend is. Well, as a baby, you're better than beating. Well, babies. sure. I feel like I'd be pretty good at it as an adult too, though. <laughs> <laughs> there was a another Bishibashi mini game where you're like dressed up like an adventurer. You know, you've got like sort of RPG garb on, and you are 
alternatingly walking forward with the two side buttons or hopping up a step with a middle button and just trying to get up this like really long hill that's like varying sort of steps and flat areas and stuff like that and you get to the top and your whole the whole time all you've been trying to do is get to this outhouse that's at the top of the hill so that you can um go to the bathroom and why did they put that there i don't know it's i mean you put it at the bottom of the hill yeah I mean, maybe less, this this is an easier to place with. to dig a hole. Yeah, I mean, if there's we, more if ground. The entire under it. mountain is hollowed out. Then, oh, that's, okay, that's so it's just like before a, you have to move your outhouse again. It used to be a volcano. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's like it's like a heated seat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I have a I have photographs from my telephone of some. I played a game called Blaster that I had never heard of. That had Blaster. it had a sort of weird iRobot look to it, but it was largely just a game that you played with sprites that got larger. Like it was a first person game where you were flying a spaceship around, and it was really hard to tell like when something was going to hit you. You had to rescue these astronauts that were tumbling through space. Sometimes you had to go through the mystical gates. And there were robots trying to stop you from flying through the mystical gates. What? Yeah, it's weird, man. I don't know. It's an arcade game that I had never heard of before, which is unusual, but there were a lot of them is, here. Was that one of several different mini games? Yeah. There were four different Yeah, mini there games? were four games that you could start, and one of them was, uh, was flying through a bunch of asteroids. I also played that. I only played, I think I only played the, the one where you flew through the gates and then one of the other ones, which I did not like. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I actually took notes on that one. There were, did you go to the Sente panel? No. Uh, Wes and Rachel went to the Sente panel, and I wish that I had, because I would have liked to have actually, I would have liked to have been able to talk about that on this show. Uh, but Sente is apparently the company that Nolan, one of the companies that Nolan Bushnell started after Atari trying to like make some more video games, but didn't really go Nolan anywhere. Nolan Bushnell started Sente. Yeah. Oh. Because um, Sente is another go term. Mm. Like Atari is, and so it was sort of a joke, oh. but then it was like, ah, it, you know, it turns out like, oh, okay, no, Sente, Sente on you, Nolan, because these games are fucking weird and nobody wants to play them. They're, uh, they were interesting. Uh, there were, what, they four are or five games? Yeah, there's another, and they were... They were designed to be modular so that it was really easy to do conversions, right? That the operators could do them themselves, but apparently nobody actually wanted to do that, so they ended up having to, like move a lot of big heavy games around anyway so part of their whole plan didn't work there was a, there was one of their games called chicken shift yeah <laughs> uh, which two button game yeah so it's basically like gyromite if you are rob and there is no scientist um there are two buttons a red button and a blue button and what they do is they activate or toggle the red items on the screen and the blue items on the screen so yep. in the first level and the second level there are some chickens at the top of the screen, and then there are these wooden tracks that the eggs will fall down, like pathways that they will follow. And then there are tubes that are colored that connect to various pathways and span gaps and stuff. So, and the, yeah, and the, so the color tubes are what you like, like rotate. You basically have to, to complete other. paths as the eggs fall to stop eggs from falling off. Okay. If enough eggs fall off, termites are released and eat all the wood tracks. I don't know if the yeah. idea is that the termites are being fed by the egg splatters it's unclear they're in a cage in the middle of the screen so i don't there's a bunch of signs that say termites it's true just so that you know what it is it is incredibly difficult it's really hard you have to basically be watching the entire screen at once and then they start to fuck with you like 
now on the left side of the screen, there's a red thing and a blue thing. And on the right side of the screen, likewise. And so it just becomes impossible. But that's just one of the three mini games. Yeah. Another one is there are elevators and doors. Yeah. There are elevators and like sort of things that block passage. And there are these guys in eggs like Sheldon from uh, Garfield yeah. and friends uh, just walking like lemmings. And you have to move them via these elevators that well, go up they, and down. they're moving they're moving but you have to like the the elevators are like instantaneous teleporters uh and the the blocking things stop them and make them reverse direction so they'll start out at the top of the series of platforms and you have to make sure that they don't fall off of any elevators because they'll die or walk off the edge of any platforms because they'll die but it's just a sort of a timing right. puzzle and then there's another one where there's like little chicks running around and yeah. you have to toggle springboards like pinball flippers that yeah. are either red or blue and you have to get one chick into every nest yep. anyway chicken shift yep you're basically you're taking these eggs you're collecting them you're raising them to hens and then starting the whole process over <laughs> and it gets more and more complicated each time and uh watch out for termites that is a weird concept for a game like i would like if you would pitch that to me i'd be like I guess I understand the like mechanics of it, but I, why? <laughs> I mean, it's no, it's no goofier than Burger Time. It's not like everything was fucking crazy. But Burger Time like, is about food, and everybody wants food. But everybody <laughs> wants chickens. Chickens are about food, and everybody wants that. I. It's important. Especially termites. It's important to remember that everyone involved with every aspect of everything that happened in the 1970s was stoned all mm. the time and that's i mean that's actually true of atari right like everyone was everyone was just high all the time while they were doing all of that stuff it's amazing any of it ever got off the ground what other sente game there was a there was a sente game snake pit or Snacks and Jackson. Oh, Jesus Christ. Snacks and Jackson is the weirdest yeah. video game. All right, I'm going to do my best to describe this. Um, You are a kind of racist uh, clown. Yeah, you it, look like you're a clown it in It looks face. like a clown that's in blackface. Yeah. Um, You are... Your head moves around on a gross tentacle neck. Yeah. Sort of like, like Mr. Stretch or whatever. You're seated. The clown is seated facing the screen. The head moves around like a cursor. And yep. so the neck is just a series of dots leading from the, the head to the, the, to the neck. To the, yeah, the body does not move. You're playing jacks. Where you, where like, you, your know, like nose, where you bounce a ball. And you, you sneeze your jacks. nose off and it flies towards the screen. In a sort of faux 3D. And you have to sort of, you're playing breakout, bouncing your nose off of your face. If the nose gets past you at a point where it doesn't bounce off of your body or the table, it, it breaks, breaks window. the window that is behind you. Huh. So your your goal is to not break the window. So, so basically, you're a clown with a detachable head. In it's an not detachable. It's still attached. You're eating dinner. At in a room well, where no, gravity is sideways, breakfast. you start by eating breakfast. Okay, so the the reason <laughs> that it is like Jack's is because your nose bounces off, and then like one egg spawns, and you have to hit the egg and then get back in position to bounce your nose again. Yeah, and then the next time, like two pieces of bacon spawn. Yeah, and then the next time it bounces, three toasts spawn. So then four waffles and yeah. So you're playing Jack's because you have to keep grabbing 
an increasing number of things between every bounce. Yeah. What are the controls? Right. Is this like a trackball? It's a trackball. Track okay. Yes, okay. just a, you have a sneeze button that I don't know what it does. It, and so the sneeze, does it just buy you some time? The like sneeze does it, button will get rid of the peppers that the the little angry chef. Yeah, there are some mice. Out. There are some mouse chefs yep. that occasionally will pop out of a little hole in the in the walls and reposition where your nose is just to fuck with you oh, or sometimes deploy you can, soap that you don't uh, want yeah, you to can get knock in the, the clown's you can mouth. knock the chefs back into the wall and if you do so before they have had a chance you will avoid them releasing a pepper into the field yeah a pepper will stun you for yeah, a while which is basically a, a loss so the name of this game is snacks and jackson snacks s n a c k s apostrophe n apostrophe J A X S O N. Oh, really? I thought I wrote it down as just regular Jackson. Was it no. really J A X? Because I think they they were going for no. This is like Jax, so we need to spell it not like Jax. Huh? That is basically the most insane. It's video fucking game weird. I have ever. It's heard not described. It wasn't a bad game. Like it's kind it was of fun. Fine. It's comprehensible. Melissa liked I mean, it a lot. Yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I but the theme is. <laughs> The theme plus the strange each each level is breakout is, is really a weird. Different meal, so yeah, you, you start do a breakfast, breakfast and then lunch, lunch and then and dinner. dinner, and wow. then a midnight snack where it changes the color palette, and you're in bed, and it's like these desserts. <laughs> I never got that far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Yeah, there was Snake Pit, which should have <sighs> been a good game. Snake Pit is like it's not okay. So. It's you didn't weird. get to play it when they, they converted one of the other cabinets. Oh. The, part of the deal with the Sente games is that they kept swapping them out throughout the course of the show, because that's oh. one of the things with those cabinets. So huh. there was a snake pit. This this was so... Okay, so it's basically a twin-stick shooter, except you move via a trackball yeah. on the right and you shoot your whip in one of four directions via joystick on the left. Hmm. It's like, ugh. and also the trackball wouldn't go down, so yeah, that was, it, made it made it very, very difficult, difficult to, to give the game a chance because it was just broken from the very beginning. They eventually swapped one of the other cabinets over to it. I did a thing that I have not done since I was a kid, but a trick that I learned from my cousin who was who did it this way because he was left-handed, just playing with your hands crossed. Like you like to move with your left, left hand and shoot with your move right. left, shoot right. Yeah. Huh. Like there's no other way. There's no other possibility. That is not how I play. Hmm. I was happy to move with my right and shoot with my left. No. I mean, I don't mind like playing a Nintendo game on an emulator where I'm using the arrow keys. I mean, Spelunky, you move right and use the other controls left. So it's, it's like, obviously not like I can't, but with a twin stick thing, it's got to be move left, shoot right. Hmm. There was a, there was like a little, there was a scroll printed on the control surface that I'm pretty sure they, they were just explaining away a technical glitch oh, yeah, by making it part of the fiction. Hmm. There was all this flickering on the screen where every once in a while, not even every once in a while, constantly, yeah. like every frame, there would be a little bit of whip and a little bit of like sparkles somewhere on the screen, just individual pixels lighting up. And then the scroll on the control panel said, you can tell this tomb is full of treasure because of all the gold dust that's blowing around everywhere at the slightest <laughs> provocation. I'm like, wow, that 
That was very much them just like writing this glitchy bullshit into the fiction of the game. Except then the other one must have been a later revision of it because it didn't have that. And it was way more comprehensible what was going on. And also the trackball worked. And it was like kind of a cool game. There were these snakes crawling around and you had to whip them on the face. uh, You could whip them anywhere. Could you? I thought you had to whip them on the face. I was pretty sure I hit them in the body sometimes. It, 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 on the on the version of it that actually worked, it was very clear where your whip's sort of hitbox uh, actually was, and uh, I, you you could actually kill those spiders, which you thought was a crab. Oh yeah, yeah. The thing that the the attract mode screen says it, it whip the spiders before they start moving. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. I think it was just different software revisions of it because it didn't didn't have that bullshit right noise all over the screen that oh it's gold dust okay i believe you uh, <laughs> one, one of the games that i had played last year was it turns out was also a synth game and the, which i think there's only one of it's the moonquake game yeah which i actually kind of liked but it was very strange it's the isometric can't tell where you're gonna land when you jump and so right. you just die and it's game over it's not that bad but yeah it's it's got some Isometric issues. Um, was so was that Stomper game also a Sente game? Yeah, that one was interesting because it was basically Dance Dance Revolution without the pop music from 1981. Oh yeah, wow. and it somehow didn't set the world on fire the way that Dance Dance Revolution did because instead of like oh try to demonstrate your rhythm skills with some cool Japanese pop music playing, it was like. Maybe try to stop these ants from eating your cheese. <laughs> like the it, the monitor was well, just I can like relate to that. <laughs> yeah, the monitor was like a grid. I mean, you don't you don't you don't get nerds to dance, but you do get nerds to be like, I don't want bugs on my cheese. Yeah, hmm. I don't know anybody who wants bugs on their cheese. Um, so there's apparently only two of those in existence. A lot of these games you will probably never get to play because they do not exist outside of these like weird like prototype cabinets. Well, if you go to California Extreme, I mean maybe we're convincing listeners to go on a pilgrimage That's to California true. Extreme because it's an annual event with a bunch of video and pinball games. Have, I feel have, like an asshole for getting bored. <sighs> but there there is just there's diminishing returns, right? Because I I can play video games all the time right it's not like a treat for me to go to an arcade because i seek that out everywhere that i go that said a really good arcade is a treat a really good arcade is a treat but so like the galloping ghost certainly a treat zapcon is a tremendous amount of fun but also like because i put on zapcon california extreme little bit of a busman's holiday except for the things that are new the things that are like wow this is an arcade game that i've never heard of that i've never seen before but every year it gets quicker and quicker for me to exhaust those things because there are fewer and fewer things that I've never seen hmm. before. And so, you know, I'm that asshole who's just like, oh, I'm just totally, I'm over this. I'm over this. This is my second time, and I had still had 30-some new games that I did not 30 see. 30-some new games? Yeah. Crazy. That's a lot, a lot of games. What else? Uh, let's see. I played Zookeeper for the first time. Oh, but that's not, that's... That game is everywhere. Dude, I, I, these are games that I have never played before. Crazy. That's crazy. Um, that's crazy. Okay. Kevin, that's crazy. That's like if you were like, I've never seen Run Lola Run. Why would that? That would I, not be not, No, I just made that up. <laughs> um, so, Riff, have you ever played Zookeeper? Uh, well, uh, I've played a game called Zookeeper. I don't know if it's the one you're thinking of. 
So there are these animals that start in general inside of this brick enclosure. And it's you're like a reverse breakout in some way. The outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You are on the outside. You are on the outside of this enclosure. There's always at least one animal outside so that you have some like obstacle to jump over or whatever. And you are laying bricks around the animals while they are sort of bouncing around inside, destroying the bricks. Okay. So uh, it sounds like uh, kicks or quicks. I don't know how that's. No, not even a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't it, like you're, you're moving around in a circle and you're sort of thickening the thickening the walls. thickening the walls like it's it's as though it's breakout but the bricks are in a square the balls are animals and they're inside the square yeah. and you're rebuilding the squares as they're being chipped away from okay. the inside and if the animals get out you just have to jump over yeah, them they if become, you run into them they become you obstacles die. on the outside of the but they're like unless you pick up a net and unless you pick up a net and then you can run into that's like a power pill for ghosts and you can put them back inside. Oh, and is that what that does? Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! I never knew that. I still avoided them. Yeah, no, it operates kind of like the Donkey Kong hammer. Like it's a. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're allowed to collide with them while you have the net active, or if the net has to collide with them. So there's also a second phase to this game where it is almost. That, like, it seems like a super proto Donkey Kong, because it's like a bunch of moving platforms that you're trying to get to the top. There's, oh, yeah. There's a literal monkey throwing coconuts that are traversing side to side, and you have to, like, either jump over them or jump around them. But and would, if you get to the girl that's up top, you win that phase. I would have said that Zookeeper came out after Donkey Kong. It might have. I don't know. Like, like... It seems like one of them is at least in part derivative of the other because everything's a remix, buddy. Sure. Huh? Yeah. I was like, wow, this is like it doesn't. So like, you know, Donkey Kong has the stable platforms and the barrels. And this one just this one had a bunch of moving platforms and coconuts, but they were both simians up top tossing shit. I remember feeling like Zookeeper was not a game that I liked <laughs> I didn't. I did not really say. I remember it. not liking Zookeeper because it seems like the game state in Zookeeper is not very crisply articulated. Like, hmm. and partly, I think what bothers me is that when you are reconstructing the brick walls, that you end up with like bricks with like bites taken out of them. It doesn't like destroy right. a brick at a time. It's like just a weird, like sort of we're just non- painting with sort of a brick pattern brush. Yeah, and and it's monsters like, well, sort of burrow through it in a way that they're not like really bouncing. Yeah, and you can't predict like when a guy is gonna hit a thing. You can't predict what's gonna happen when right. he hits it. It's just, it just feels muddy. It is. It it does it, it, it in a way that of... like I was like, oh, this is just a bad game. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely did not. I was not in, entranced by it. Was it was popular. You know, it was, it was, I guess I had, I don't remember. I mean, I might've seen it before, but I've definitely never played it. Did you play any food fight? I did Food not. fight is another game like that. It was like just it. Food fight is just shitty Robotron. Okay. <laughs> there were a bunch of games that I felt like sort of felt similar to Robotron. That venture game was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That game. Sh- it's not very good. Venture was terrible. I, I kind of hated it. I tried it a bunch of times and just like was super frustrated by the shitty controls and sort of aggravating. And like mostly the reason movement. the venture is hard is because you just move slower than the opponents, which is you, and your your sprite is weird. Yeah, and you're you're big and the hitboxes are 
you're you're not a consistent width it what depending on whether you're going sideways or up and down so like and like part of the game is like navigating tight spaces and so it's super frustrating um i played this game called lasercade which was a homemade vector game um somebody just bought a bunch of like parts and constructed them into a, a video game system so there was like a a laser pointer projection screen like so it was just like being just yeah drawn. it was vibrating a laser pointer around to project a homebrew vector game onto a nice. wall yeah and then the controls were a bunch of like uh regular arcade game buttons but mounted in pizza yeah, boxes they were mounted in pizza boxes that was what? pretty good it was, it was like super it was like super lo-fi super low cost and then like there was some sort of like you know arduino or I went, up, I went up and started playing the Asteroids game. Yeah. And it was like a really, a really like easily tuned version of Asteroids. But the thing that made it challenging is that both the one player and two player controls oh, were yeah. hooked up to the same game. Somebody and was so fucking Every time somebody around. wandered up and started fucking with the second player controls, I would die. Yep. <laughs> and then I had, I had some guy come up and realize, I was just like, he was just would, teleporting me around. Yeah, like, they would oh, realize what they had done and apologize. And I'd be like, dude, I don't, whatever. <laughs> and they would leave. And then somebody else would come up and do it. And that's how I would lose my next guy. And so like <laughs> five random passersby and that was the end of that game like, <laughs> I, uh, I played so th- there were three different variants in there it was it was uh, an asteroids clone a lunar lander clone and a uh, space war clone i couldn't figure out how to switch games it had some sort of analog switch that was like there was like a lever there was a slot machine lever yeah. on the on the right side of the of the left the pizza box but it didn't do anything that I, I didn't could tell. I didn't notice. I thought it was like maybe a volume control or something. But I think you just switched games with one, some of the buttons. Oh. I, I don't know. Um, and then I played Slickshot, which is kind of a fascinating combination pool game and video game. Um, so you control the game by grabbing this pool cue... It's like a real pool cue. Uh, well, it's it's, it's a half, short. It's, it's like a yeah, short, but it's like it's like a at a bar without a lot of room. The kind yeah, of and like, it's lighter. It's not. It's like it's kind of crappy. But it's a standard kind of thing. Like that's it's like a short pool cue. It's a thing. Okay. It's a thing that you they make. Sure. I, it didn't feel like a like a like a the heft of a regular pool cue, even a small one. It just it felt like a plasticky kind of thing. You could, um, you could swap out. There's weights in the there's weights in the base of the pool cue that you can swap. Okay. Out. Uh, the it's like a big screw made and out of so land. so this you know it's it looks like a video game cabinet but where the controls would be instead is just this sort of like angled field where there is a pool ball and you shoot the pool ball into the machine and based on the angle and and speed that you shot the ball into the machine a video ball appears on the screen and traverses a, a, an electronic pool table huh. and you are trying to you have a there's like a, a counting a countdown timer and you're trying to sink a bunch of balls um it's like that there's one of those uh, that's a big standing thing that's like soccer Right, and they're, they're where you kick a, the way that you control huh, it is by okay. kicking a soccer ball against a thing, and then there's a screen that like simulates a kick. I've also seen a golf one where you actually swing a golf. Oh, wow. You swing a golf club. Are you hitting a ball or are you just swinging a club? With that one, I think you might just be swinging a club, and then it has like a cam- like a mocap camera thing that. Oh, uh, okay. 
like it's probably nominally like giving you advice about your swing or whatever but it's also just like oh man you really sliced it right uh and it i it was sort of a super interesting premise because of the alternative control scheme but the game kind of felt shitty and it was not interesting as you when your time runs out you get to this sort of like uh sudden death mode where you have if you don't sink a ball with every shot the game is over and it was so hard to accurately shoot because you don't have any frame of reference Mm. on the like when you're shooting the ball into the into the sort of like slot that the the pool ball goes into you don't have any frame of reference of where that's actually going to end up in the angle and the that kind of thing so it's it lost a lot of what makes pool interesting and also what could make a a pool video game interesting by just disconnecting those two, like the interface and the, the game. So uh, I played some Varkon, which I had never seen before. Oh, that's the one where there's like a pinball machine enclosed in an arcade cabinet and then you're playing it in a mirror. Yes. So it looks like you're playing... A pinball game that's like straight up and down, but actually what you're doing is you're looking at a mirror of a pinball game that's happening sort of up the the, the like the flippers are away from you and you're playing it towards you. Uh, but the angle is not very severe, like it's normal. Pinball no, but machine it, angle. it is super disorienting because it looks like a pinball game that's vertical. You like gravity just it feels like gravity is all weird in the game. Hmm. It was fascinating because, like, just my brain was just not handling it well. It was like when I first saw it, like, I didn't notice the mirror. And I was like, wait, are they doing this with magnets? Like, what what the hell is happening here? And then I sort of looked down into the machine. I was like, oh, okay, it's a mirror. This makes way more sense. Um, But, like, yeah, I was just baffled for a little while. Um, It's not a great pinball game, but it was... Con- the fl- instead of having flipper buttons on the side like a regular pinball game, it was like joysticks to control the the flippers. Huh, did you have like analog control over the No, but you like would tap the joysticks. It, like I think it was it was an attempt to make it feel more like a video game instead of having buttons, right? Like it was weird, but um yeah, it made me think about the idea of like having a physics simulation game by just having it actually having real physics, right? Like <laughs> that's kind of what this is, right? Cause it's instead of making a, a hyper um, realistic si- physics simulation, it's just actually having a physical object per- perform like a physical object would. And that solves the problem of needing to model anything. Right. So. Well, sure, which is fine for like a an installation piece, but yeah. <laughs> it's not going to work for software. Well, it, it could, given the right software install. <laughs> if you're going to model the universe, what you do is you just buy a window. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Pinball machines, man. Pinball's good. Did you play more pinball? Physics. I played. I didn't play a lot of pinball. I did play one game called Kingpin uh, that was huh. uh, Capcom. Apparently, for a while, decided they were going to get into making pinball machines, but then it made it to the "We built these machines" 
as prototypes phase, but it didn't ever make it to like production and deployment. So oh. there were a couple games there that were apparently extremely rare. Uh, Kingpin being one of them. That's a good name for a pinball. It machine. is. I don't remember much about the game. There is a there is a slot machine that only has one reel, <laughs> so you always win. It's just a sort of a mode select thing. It it had the kind of uh, theater of magic or tales mm-hmm. of the Arabian Nights thing where the thing that starts the game modes is a really easy shot to make, hmm. right? So in this one, you just had to like sort of hit this slot machine thing that was big and in a in a place that was pretty easy to hit with either flipper hmm. like if you if you could trap the ball on either flipper it was pretty easy to hit it on purpose um like sort of the chest in theater of magic you get to the point where you just decide that's where you want the ball to go and you put it there you don't really think about it um and arabian nights the genie that you hit to start the various modes you kind of just have to get it near it, and then there's a magnet that hmm. sucks the ball down because of the genie, the genie, the genie's telekinetic <laughs> powers. Um, the only thing that I remember about Kingpin is that every time the ball drained, it would display what your out hole bonus was, <laughs> <laughs> and every time, Wes, Wes, out hole. <laughs> Wes, that was the, I got 50,000 points from the out hole. <laughs> this is good. Is yeah, good out hole. Um, but yeah, it was like a mobster themed uh, pinball machine. Yeah. Uh, probably probably my favorite game of California Extreme that I had not seen before was Rescue Raider. Uh, that was like a full fully featured game where you were driving around in a car shooting stuff. So that was a twin stick move and shoot thing um it was like a real ass video game yeah it was like a real real video (laughs) it was over by the Cinti games but i don't think it was a Cinti game yeah i don't think so either but Uh, there were power-ups there were objectives there were like you were rescuing hostages and moving from like you had control over when you moved from stage to stage you didn't have to do any of that yeah it was sort of it was sort of like Legend of Zelda style map and traversal mm-hmm. with jackal style right. theming and Robotron style controls. Yeah. Like it it I didn't play much of it, but I the reason that I didn't play much of it is because I got that sense like, huh, this is a thing that actually requires attention and time in order to plumb what it is. And I also like walked up to it in the middle of a game and just played the rest of somebody else's game. So I didn't really know what was going on. There are like, so you have a limited resource of fuel, which just gets, which is I think more of a timer than a like actual traversal of the space because it it will run down even if you just sit still. Um, But then there are two fuel depots on most levels that you can go to get additional time. At some point blew up a building and inside the building, there was a little piece of paper flashing. And when I hit that, it revealed the location of another fuel depot there. Yeah. So there are secret documents scattered all over the place, which just tell you where the hostages, weapon caches and fuel depots are. Um, The weapon caches are like a better gun or an alternate gun. Oh, right. You can also switch between, yeah. Guns and missiles, right? Or and- grenades, depending on what, what your second weapon is, will change. Uh, there's there's the missiles, there's the hand grenades, and then there's the surface-to-air missiles, which, when you launch them, your car literally jumps in the air. Or no, maybe it's, maybe it's air-to-ground missiles or something like that. You jump in the air, 
and fire missiles, but it lets you jump over stuff as well. It's got this weird auxiliary effect. Like, there's just a bunch of systems in this game, and this is only on the first, like, three levels. And I was like, holy cow. We should track this down on an emulator and actually explore it, because it seems like the kind of thing where... Like, Space Dungeon, for instance, another... They had it at the very first California Extreme that I went to. It was a... It wasn't a vector game, but it looked like a vector game, like sort of like how Berserk isn't a vector game. Like Mm -hmm. Berserk is a raster game, but it could be a vector game. Mm -hmm. It's a twin stick shooter, but it has a procedurally generated persistent map of this area that you're exploring, like a five by five grid of rooms that you're exploring and collecting these treasures. If you get killed, you drop everything that you're carrying in the room that you were in when you got killed. Like... And this was, like, from 1981. Like, there was just a lot to it. Even though it wasn't, like, a good game, it just clearly had a lot of what turned out to be before-their-time ideas like, in it. Yeah. And that is, a, that is very much what that Rescue Raider game felt like. It was like, wow, this has a lot of the trappings of a game that came out ten years after this one did. Yeah, I don't know much about the, the history of it. I feel like maybe that would be worth, like looking up yeah i mean i guess if rescue raider is in fact a game from the 90s then all of my points are dumb um another game that i really liked a lot was um x complex or complex x i was i wasn't sure (laughs) like it was there was a big x and written over the top of that was the word complex (laughs) and so i don't know i honestly don't know what the title of this game is um it Sort of reminded me of like Load Runner in its graphical style. Um, and I, it's funny because I wrote down navigating a space dungeon, uh, <laughs> in my notes with various enemies, moving platforms, rising water, and other traps. Uh, and your whole, your goal is to like collect a bunch of treasure and then get to the exit. So it was kind of like Spelunky in some ways. Um, except for instead of procedurally generated levels, they were set, uh, and it was in space. Um, 87 rescue raiders. Oh, wow. Bally Midway, not Sente. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry to, no, that's, that's cool. Uh, so this was, it was a, like a, a super fun game. Like I, I this was a little off putting at first cause it just, I felt like I was getting killed a lot, but I learned real quickly how to move around the levels. And then it was like, really, the levels were really well tuned to be difficult, but fair. And then just sort of maneuvering around and like you could shoot the enemies if you were on the same um, height as them. Uh, it, like, I don't know. It was just it was super well, super well designed. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Did you play Jubeat? I did. <laughs> that was uh, one of the rhythm games. They uh, so when they when they localized it to the U.S., they changed it to Jukebeat, J-U-K-E, okay. uh, B-E-A-T, as opposed to J-U-B-E-A-T. It was essentially a rhythm game where your interface with it was a maybe 18-inch by 18-inch grid of 4 by 4 buttons. Yeah, so that like were also either... 2 indi- or 3-inch... They were either individual screens they were individual in screens. the buttons, or they were a monitor that was divided up, and all of the buttons were really comprehensively transparent. I'm pretty sure that they were individuals. Because I couldn't tell if the screen was moving when you hit the button or not, like whether it was being pushed down the oh, way that, like... Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like the easier way to do that 
would have been to, have to just have transparent one screen with transparent yeah. buttons. Um, but yeah, maybe, but who knows? Um, you know, you could also just do the buttons like on one of those fucking crazy gamer keyboards that never really caught on because I feel like it's it's difficult to do a an actually like ergonomic and satisfying to press key that also has a screen embedded in it. Right. Uh, but it was a rhythm game that just involved you pressing these buttons um, and they would sort of like the buttons would light up as the song progressed. And I thought. I enjoyed it because there was a lot of like imagining how I would sort of convert the rhythm of a song into patterns of movement across a four by four grid. Yeah. So sometimes sort of like interesting. one. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just like, you know, one, four, five, four, one, four, five, four, and then like two and three at the same time and then four and six at the same time or whatever. Like just at the harder difficulties where. So this was the other interesting thing about there being a big section of of Japanese rhythm oh games God, is that there were also a bunch of people running around who just had these fucking insane levels of skill yeah. at these things. So it was like it was like if you wanted to see the equivalent of like when you watch a crazy YouTube video of some Japanese kid just going ape shit on a rhythm game you've never seen, the way to do that here was to like for you and your girlfriend Stand. to walk up and play one of these things and wait for someone to come up behind you and be like, Ahem. all right, when you're done fucking around, I'm going to show you what this machine is for. And I'm going to, and they had their like weird swipe cards that logged them into some matrix yeah. identity Whoa. protocol thing. So Jubeat was a little weird because it was J U and the B was in a box and then it was E A T, which when you finished a game, it would randomly generate some food dish. So it was like jube eat as well. Huh. <laughs> and the food dish, which if like, I think if you were logged in, you got to like, you got to consume it or like send it to yourself or something like that. But if you weren't, you had to like send it off into the cloud for somebody else to get. I, I had uh, two pork chops and some mashed potatoes. I had, I had, a, I had two mushrooms and a piece of, meat and i the the food that it cooked out of that was like sushi i think okay um there was a lot of ancillary ui stuff going on that made it so that game took a really long time to play and yes. so it was really off-putting to wait in line for yeah it was um, it, it took a lot of time for people to select their song and then there was like it was trying to connect to yeah, it gave you a minute to pick a song, and one play gave you three songs. Yeah. So, like, you could just fuck around, not even playing for three minutes but, in yeah. between, which I guess if you're paying, like, a dollar to play it in a real arcade, that's not a big deal, but in a situation where it's just free to play, and the cabinet itself is really cool, there's, like, yeah. like again, Everything it, was, is all it was just a series of, like, 18-inch cubes that makes the thing up, but they're at sort of weird angles um, and they're lit up weird. And some of them have mirrors inside them and stuff. If you're curious about the gameplay for this, they have uh iPhone and yeah, an iOS version iPad of versions of it. Hmm. Um, and it is called juke beat. It is actually just called juke beat. Yeah. yeah. And it's free and they sell, they sell songs packs, for yeah. it. But like one of the songs that comes with it by default is the fucking like first level music from Contra. Yep. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> 
it's it is way harder on a phone than it is in real life uh but i the ipad is a little easier it's like but part of the problem is like just actual button size and stuff you'll um, just miss them yeah yeah did you play granny and the gators at all i had played it at a previous california extreme i think is that one that's sort of a combination arcade game and pinball game yes there was also baby pac-man um oh okay was that a similar is that a similar it is yeah it's my uncle actually owned one of those he he had a space shuttle pinball machine and a baby pac-man cabinet um like when i was a kid Hmm. and uh that's weird i feel like private ownership of those kinds of things was way less common yeah but maybe that's just personal yeah it was i mean he still he still has this is my uncle that you like that built the built the house all himself okay with the crazy hydro powered cooling system that yeah. where there's a big underground tank of methane that is buried like 60 feet below the surface or whatever so where that it's, it's always, always a constant temperature. temperature and then it's just circulated into the house so that there's a baseline temperature to heat from or to cool from um anyway so I just bring this into context for methane. Kevin who oh that's this guy you know right <laughs> remember that time we hung out with my uncle <laughs> um, Granny and the Gators, go on. Yeah, uh, so you start off playing a video game where you are this uh, very independent, uh, independent-minded uh, old lady in a canoe, traversing some uh, tropical river. And that that slang term for the clitoris never really, never really took off. No, nope, well, really it's a didn't. little long. Kind of. Yeah. Weird. Did you? <laughs> tangent did you see the news article about the japanese yeah. woman that got that yeah. got jailed because she made a all 3d of stuff, rendering all of, of her the canoe? stuff that she made looked so cool yeah did you see the like gallery of things yeah. that she had I, made uh, i saw the like little dioramas it was like, it was, like super clever great yeah i you know and and her mission is to just make the pussy more uh hip uh, and commonplace that. that's what she said i know but you you didn't have to say it i'm just quoting Look, her she's allowed to say that that's their word <laughs> she's trying to make it more common and more really? hip that's like our grandfather's work like ugh. anyway dude seriously you can't you can't say that it's so gross. this granny was in a canoe can you say moist yeah, I don't is care that, about that's that a, a fucking that's a fucking word that means that. And you can say like, oh, I, I can't wait to I can't wait to go home and snuggle with my pussycat. Like, that's okay. fine. But just eh. it's gross. Like, that's just gross. Like, it's <laughs> gross. It's a gross word for gross, sweaty dudes think, from the 70s. I think <laughs> she is trying like to your rec- grandpa. I think I this know. Japanese artist is just trying to reclaim it. For the Japanese, I think that that was just a localization yeah, I, problem. I think that's not I don't a word like that she's using. I don't know because English is real hip. In well, that's, oh, that's true. In Japan, when I was Japan, when I was yeah. picking, we were picking songs for some game that I was some one of the rhythm games that I was playing with Emily, and I just scrolled through until I saw something that was funny enough to select, and it was P O O O O O N was the name of the song. <laughs> Ooh. That, that was the one where we played like it was like a a thing with uh it was like a, a row of five big buttons on the bottom and a row and of four, four big buttons on the top like just in a in a regular sort of offset grid and we played the battle mode where we were just like oh. basically playing like a three button guitar hero where you had to punch these things 
And then that was where there was a guy waiting behind us where when we were finished with our fucking baby ass version of the game, he just swiped his card and, you know, logged into crazy Asian secret agent rhythm net rhythm net and then played a thing where all of the buttons were on and he just like his hands were moving faster than yeah like guitar hero where it had nine buttons Uh. like nine frets or whatever instead of just four like can you imagine what that would be like unplayable insane it is (laughs) It is so hard for me to imagine any way of getting to that point other than just memorizing right all of the songs but cuz he was hitting that doesn't he was hitting like, like four buttons oh, at Oh yeah a and time. you have to it was the, insane. it's playing four notes at a time of de- it like, was insane Ah, <laughs> uh, man it like and those guys were all way younger than us this is what I'm saying. Like, these are the kind of guys who would be really good at chess or writing physics papers is because you have that you have that weird plasticity that lets you. Yeah. I wonder if those guys are good at anything else. The only the only way that I can feel OK about myself is that like, OK, that guy who is a million times better at this stupid video game than I will ever be. I bet he's not good at anything else. The problem is that there's people like Krovax who like. Will come and just God. ace fucking a song that ace never even a played. drum song and I, Jesus Christ that like when when I had gotten the rock band Beatles he was like oh man can I play I'm like yeah and he just like opened up a drum track on Expert and it was a song that he didn't know that he had never played before on Rock Band just hundred percented it so yeah I was <laughs> well to I was be, in to be fair he was in QA on Rock Band yeah, like he, he, but he, he I mean at but one he has point, other skills in his life yeah at one point true. he yeah, had to play yeah. all the instruments in Rock Band at once because nobody else was around to help test it <laughs> how that's not. That's not Appar- a thing. Yeah, he he had he like apparently he like tied the microphone to his head. Well, Aaron, that's the least difficult. Of yeah, the, that one. To Aaron, up. Aaron from the minibuses bought. He brought. He came over once and brought a mic stand, and he was like, "Oh, check it out!" And it's like, just this is how you can do the vocals and the guitar at the same time on Rock Band. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's someone could do that. <laughs> See, that guy, that's all he's good at. <laughs> like, I've spent a lot of time with him, and that's the only thing that he can do that's impressive. It's that one thing. Oh, and also be in a band. But, you know, for real. Like, I have seen him pause the just crazy, precise shredding that he does on a guitar to vomit behind <laughs> an amp. Because he drank so much that he, like, a guy who all he does is drink, drank so much that he was throwing up on stage, but was still a thousand times better at the guitar than I will ever be. That's. <laughs> maybe when you It's get hard so not drunk, to believe in talent. All you have left is muscle memory. Maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> have you ever tried to play guitar when you are so drunk you can't see straight? Oh, probably. <laughs> it sounds like the kind no of thing way that of I knowing. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Riff, have you been playing any video games? I feel like we are dominating the discourse. <clears throat> played, You've had two weeks. Played a couple video games. Let me look at the thing here to remind me what they're called. Um, I played a little bit of a game called Out There on iPad and iPhone, which is sort of like uh, FTL except without any fighting. 
Yeah. Um, Does it, that have like a space guy as its icon? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a space, <laughs> space guy. guy. Yeah. Sort it's of blue. Tie-dyed blue. It's and blue, yeah, and it has a sort of a space guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's like FTL, except you're just managing your uh your uh, oxygen and fuel and shields, and so you you warp to the next system, and you you know you land on a planet and drill for some iron to keep your shields up, or or probe for some hydrogen to keep your fuel going. So it's it's a lot. It's just sort of like simple. Oregon Trail-y resource yeah, management thing, right? Yeah, it's very right. Like you yeah, just Oregon Trail is a good way of putting it. Although every now and then there'll be like something kind of interesting will happen where um, you'll run into an alien and they just talk gibberish, and you get to say yes or no to him because you have no idea what it says. And sometimes it gives you like a new ship component or something that gives you a new kind of weapon the first one i get uh, the first alien i met gave me the recipe for a death blossom that i could use to make a star ghost supernova <laughs> but i it required like a bunch of minerals that i hadn't found yet <laughs> what i just heard you say was star ghost supernova star ghost supernova yes okay I mean, that's what? a supernova is like a star ghost, right? A death blossom would be not at all scary for a star ghost. Sorry, <laughs> like. But um, also, as part of this interaction, you learn like one of the words that this alien was using at you. And so I guess if you run into another la alien later, you have a slightly better chance of understanding what it's trying to say because you might get a couple of the words translated and i don't so, so i don't the know game yet. actually handles that it's not like a, you're yeah the, the game the game handles that for you i oh. i don't know whether the dictionary um persists from game to game because it's it's a short game it's it's difficult and you you lose and lose hard and frequently so you don't f fight but nope. yet you get weapons uh well I only saw that one weapon I I mean maybe it's just if I find a really bad solar system I don't like I can destroy it <laughs> maybe huh. that's worth something somehow I don't know okay. maybe there's plot that happens that I haven't gotten to yet because I'm terrible at this game but uh I also Is this the one with like strange art and sometimes they are like Doing like strange genital things at you or whatever. Uh, Is it, are there multiple choices on each screen? And some, I think I saw some. Sometimes there are choices, but they're like FTL style choices. Hmm. I don't. And I don't, no I don't strange know. genitals. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this might be a game you dreamed of. It's possible that <laughs> it was that, or it was just something else entirely. That I think. It, I think the game I'm thinking of had a really strange title. Okay. That was not, that was strange genitals in infinite space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that might've been it. Faster well, than genitals. In infinite space, there would be a lot of strange genitals. That's true. Well, not necessarily. There could be. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> there are more genitals in space than are dreamed of in your philosophy. <laughs> There's stranger gen on stranger genitals. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I also played a bit of the first uh, Blackwell Legacy game. It's the the series of games that were like Wadjet Eyes 
uh, first point-and-click adventures. Uh, the first three of the series of five have been released to iPad, and so I played some of the first one, uh, which is about uh, a uh, freelance newspaper reporter who discovers that her uh, family curse is to be haunted by the ghost of this, uh, I guess, detective from the 20s or 30s. He's got like a hat and he's green. Oh, so he's like you. Yeah, kind of. Except I don't guy wear that, that kind of hat anymore. Guy that wears a hat. He is a guy that wears a hat. Riff, you don't wear any kind of hat. I do wear a hat. I do wear a hat frequently now that I've gotten used to it. I own a hat and I wear it. And that makes me a guy that wears a hat. I don't understand <clears throat> so, why you argue with me about this. <laughs> the first time you said that you had been wearing it for two days. <laughs> Well, I mean, how long do you have to wear a hat to be a guy that wears a hat? I Your feel like it's like a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if I walk into somebody's house and I put a doily on my head. Yes. And I say, all right, I need you to start referring to me as Zach, the guy that has a doily on his head. No, the guy who That's wears perfectly a valid. Oh, I'm the doily guy. The do- yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a guy who has a doily on his head a lot, all the time, maybe. Oh, I've I'm never said a lot guy. all the time. I'm a guy who owns a hat. And I've never said you're not a guy who has worn a hat. I'm just saying you're not. <laughs> you don't get to call yourself a guy who does wear a hat. But I do. I think here. So I think the distinction might be. Because if, if somebody just met you and you were wearing a hat, uh-huh. they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Riff, the guy who wears a hat. But because we've well, known if, this for so long where guy, you weren't if, wearing a if hat. If that guy had never met anyone else who wore a hat. <laughs> well, so I think. <laughs> well, no, that guy and the guy are two different things. And so I feel like most people, most people don't actually try to speak in logical absolutes <laughs> like that. <laughs> Like if I okay, so if if Kevin says, "Oh, do you remember my frat brother Poon Blast?" and I said, "Oh, is that the guy with red hair?" and he replies, "Zach, a lot of guys have red hair, so no, <laughs> he's a guy with red hair, but he's not the guy with red hair because like, like I <laughs> it, otherwise, good is, point though, I guess riff." I think what I think what you need to do is wear that hat for more than half the time that we know you, and then we can and then we will start calling you Riff, the guy who wears a hat. The guy who yeah, wears like a hat. I feel people like you I'm know people you know who died aren't that dead guy wearing. until until they've been dead for half the time you've known them. Like so, basically, your parents can but never I've die. I've never known a lot of dead guys. <laughs> So, I mean, you could say that, like, Samuel Taylor Coleridge is a dead guy because he's been dead longer than you knew him when he was alive. <laughs> but it's you you run out of people who can ever be dead as you as you age. It's 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 weird. Uh, well, OK. <laughs> What were we talking about? Did you play any Magic 2015, Riff? Yeah, I played way too fucking much of Magic 2015. Wow. I bought it, and I am really not happy with it. Really? Is it not the Planeswalkers? It is. It is. So what did they change between it and 2014? Well, here is my experience of it. I bought bought it. Uh 
for what it said it cost on Steam, which is like 10 bucks. Mm. So I, I bought it. And I played through the tutorial because I'm like, eh, I know how magic works, but I don't know how the interface of this game works. So right. I'll play through the tutorial again just so that I can like get used to it. Because they, you know, they've changed it from Magic 2014, which I was super into. Then it was like, okay, it's time for you to like pick a deck to fuck around with. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, okay. So I picked one, not realizing that that was the only deck that I was going to be able to play with. Yeah, until, until you win new cards. That is, that that and, tripped me up for a while. I, I at one point had to delete the app and reinstall it so that I could get a different deck because the oh, one I picked was Oh, that's shitty. probably what... Did you pick green and black? No, I picked blue uh, and black. Oh, I picked green and black, which turned out to be shit against the first campaign fights, huh. which until you beat the first segment of the campaign you can't use any other cards huh like even if you buy all of them even if you buy the like 35 dollars mega pack that unlocks every card like i what i like about the duels of the planeswalker games is that you can fuck around and just play magic without having to worry about like having a bunch of cards and building a bunch of decks and stuff like i know that people have said and i've probably said in the past back when i was a dipshit I wish there was some deck building stuff going on here, but like, it turns out that's not really what I want. <laughs> like, what I want is if I'm doing this part of this campaign and my green and black deck is for shit against these guys, I'm like, oh, well, you know what I should do? Cause this occurred to me. You know what I should do is I should switch to like a blue and white deck because then I will actually be able to stop them from doing the stuff that they keep doing. And I will have like, I will have like, a bunch of creatures that I can use to sort of like stop the, the sort of creature heavy thing that they're doing. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, how do I switch to the blue and white deck? Weird. Uh, I guess I can't. And then I went to the forums and found a bunch of other people complaining about the exact same thing that I was complaining about, which was that they picked a deck that just wasn't very good against the first part of the campaign. And you're fucked. Yeah, until I mean, you beat it. I played it. So then everybody was like, "We'll set it to the lowest difficulty and just power through it until you beat them, and then you'll be able to start unlocking some more cards, or you can get the like cards I you paid some, for. I got some or cards buy some. from fighting those first couple guys, but you get like three. Yeah, but, but it also took me like five tries to beat the first yeah, guy. Yeah, like which. I mean, it's fine. I get that magic is a game and that, like, if you win all the time, it's not a very good game. But, like, it's the first guy. Once <clears> once <throat> you get past that, I've, uh, I, I, I started enjoying Once you get past it, I started enjoying it a lot more. <laughs> wow, that's weird. How, yeah, did, how did you know? I don't, I don't know how that happened. Um, but he's not dead yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I, my feeling about it is kind of the opposite of yours is because... All I like about magic I'm discovering is building decks and I really don't care that much for the actual experience of playing magic because there are so many turns where you just can't do anything. I find that to be true in real life, right? I would much rather just like flip through cards and build a deck in real life than do it. But the thing that like... I don't want to play magic. I want mm. to understand magic. I want to see what Mark Rosewater is up to. Okay. And that is and that is what Duels of the Planeswalkers does for me is it like gives me a survey 
Mm, of what, what magic what is like cards this year and yeah, yeah what the new mechanics are and yeah and honestly the thing that is the thing that is the most interesting to me about duels of the planeswalker is the thing that they explore to a, a tantalizingly limited degree which is like this is an opponent who all he is going to do is summon a rat every turn mm-hmm. and that is fucking great because then it's like, all right, you know what he's going to do. So build a deck to counter this, pick a deck to counter this last year's one, right. right? Like what color do you think would be good against this kind of thing? Come in with that deck, maybe do a little bit of tweaking of it and like just try to beat this guy. The, the second opponent in the campaign of Magic 2015 like starts with a weird curse in play. Yeah. And. When I, when I sit, I, I think about the way that they must have thought about making this game. And they thought, well, you know, because this is a computer game, we can do a bunch of stuff that we wouldn't really be able to set up for you if we were playing this game with actual physical cards. So then, why am I ever mana fucked with a pre-constructed deck on turn one? When all I have to do is hit escape and restart, right? Why? It, it it goes through this whole fucking mulligan process. Like, if you draw a hand with no mana mm-hmm. in it, you can mulligan and get another seven cards, and then you can either follow the rules of magic and mulligan again and get another six cards, or you can just fucking hit escape and then restart the match and get another mulligan of seven cards. Yeah. Like, j- just acknowledge that that's a fucking thing and just make it not happen. There are... A- like, there's... Because magic has the problem that it's it's been going for so long. I mean, it was like it was the first one of these kinds of things, and there's been advances in the mechanics since then. But because it's magic is basically set in stone now, so they can't take advantage of these uh, of these new things that have made the these sorts of games better like like how in hearthstone or soulforge you just don't get mana fucked because it doesn't work that way yeah i mean i don't know that that is like you don't have to do it that way in order to be a good game right magic is still a good game it's just that like if if all you're doing I, I would like for the digital version of Magic to take advantage of the fact that it's a video game. Sure. Instead of, instead of just slavishly sticking to these things that they acknowledge don't, like, no one is going to do that. No one is ever going to play a game of this where they have mulliganed down to four cards. Because you're just fucked. I wonder and if there is no cost to starting over. So. It may just be, be because of not wanting to have a different system for the AI games compared to the multiplayer games. Yeah. Huh. I guess. And I mean, I guess they know that you all you have to do is hit escape and restart the game and then you get to do it again, so I guess they just They also might have anyway. some sort of ideological investment in teaching you the real rules of the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's but the definitely real rules are, true because but the real there's rules like of a the menu game option not... for where is a store that I can go buy real cards. Sure. <laughs> so. But they also set you up against AI opponents that are implausible in the real world, or they set you up against an opponent who has a non-standard amount of life to begin with, or who has cards in play to begin with, or who 
always draws cards in the exact same order or whatever, right? Like they do, they go some of the way down the road of taking advantage of the fact that it's a digital product Hmm. and they don't bother explaining it to you, even if it's something that could never happen according to the real rules, which like, why the fuck did this guy have this card in play when the game started? What is this? Is this a thing that I don't understand about the rules of magic? Like, no, it's yeah, just it's a it's those, a video game, and that's the level that you're those on. Those and that's fine. Super need to be explained. I, there's been a ton of stuff where, like, I killed a guy's creatures, and then suddenly another creature just appears without him actually casting it or anything. And I don't know if that's just that guy's opponent design or if it's a bug, because it doesn't say anything about how that happened. Well, it wasn't on one of the cards. It wouldn't necessarily, right? There's a lot of, even in the base sets now, there's a lot of just crazy complicated stuff in Magic that is weird to us because we're not used yeah, to it. Yeah, but I mean, all the, like, the guy's cards and graveyard or any and everything are accessible to be zoomed in and looked at, and I looked at everything, and there was nothing in play that would have permitted huh. that. Hmm. I mean, there's definitely, like, I have encountered a monster that is just, like, every time it dies, it comes back, you're following upkeep. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a thing that came out. Huh. It's just really expensive for its stats. But. Yeah. yeah. I mean. For, as there's a lot of weird shit like that. There was a weird, man, I, I, I kind of, I was pretty happy with myself because of a move that I did where. Uh, there is a there is a card in the green black deck that I did that is like you sacrifice a creature to play this card and then on your next upkeep the creature that you sacrificed and a creature from your graveyard come into play it's like sending a guy to the underworld mm. to rescue someone and I did that with a thing that like gave another creature a bonus when it entered the battlefield. And I sacrificed another one of those to do it. So like on the following turn, I got two of those guys with their enter the battlefield effects mm. triggering on Each like other. super buffing up one guy uh, that was left that was able to attack because he didn't have summoning sickness that round and then won the game by that's really by doing that. And it's like that was a neat. Like, uh, that was cool. That was a cool move that just happened. It, it feels like that sort of, when, when you pull off something like that, that's what makes magic worth playing. It's it's yeah. like magic is a game where every now and then you get something totally sweet to happen, but 75% of the time you're sitting there waiting to draw you, something you, that isn't a yeah, and you, and you don't really have any choices to make. Yeah. You're... At the mercy of whatever the draw is. And I, and I think, I think that for serious players, that is less of a thing because an individual game of magic is more about predicting what your opponent is going to do, holding cards in your hand as a sort of a bluffed threat. Mm. Hmm. Like, there has to be a way of being good at it. Or I couldn't possibly be so bad at it. Right. (laughs) Right. Which, like, the fact that I am so bad at it leads me to believe that there are just fundamental things about it that I don't catch on to. Major League Magic players go on to be Major League Poker players. So there's definitely some kind of crossover skill. Mm. But I, like, you know... This conversation makes me believe that I liked the game that I bought and played today, but I was angry. Like, mm-hmm. it has been a long time since I bought a game. So, like, I also bought Wayward Manor today, which, same price as the Magic game, 
And it was a game that all I know about it is that it was a game that like Neil Gaiman was associated oh, okay. with somehow. And it is fucking garbage. Really? It is so terrible. Don't buy it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not as upset about the fact that I spent $10 on that this morning mm. as I am about the fact that I spent $10 on this magic game that then is not at all like the thing that I liked about its predecessor from the year before. Like it, the th I think the thing I, I feel a little betrayed by magic 2015 because it, it presented me with the choice of one of 20 things, right? Because you pick what deck you want to play at the end of the tutorial mm -hmm. and it's any combination of two colors. And at no point does it say you are fucking stuck with this for a while. Yeah. So that was think about careful. this. Yeah. And, and, and you have so not I yet just essentially the picked at random. So you yeah. can't even go and look and see what all the cards are in your deck. And you don't know what the first like level of the campaign is. Yeah. So like I would have thought like if I had known that I was going to Innistrad for the first four fights of this that I had to win before I could change my deck, I would not have picked a fucking black deck. Like is it also black? Yeah, Innistra Innistra I mean it's not I guess it's not. Like because every you know, I mean, and Mark Rosewater talks about this a lot. Like, every expansion has to be every color, right? So, like, just because Innistrad is, like, the sort of gothic horror block, it's not, like, all black cards. But so far in this fucking campaign, it kind of is. <laughs> like... Is it not advantageous to play a color against the same color? It... I don't know that they really focus on a color having counters against itself. I thought that you sometimes like got I have bonuses. I have not run into a lot of color focused stuff. Like I can think of a couple of creatures that have that, you know, this can only be blocked by creatures of the same color and and well, I don't mean things nominally. that have defense about against a certain color. There, so I mean black not black a lot is of color specific stuff. Well, but black is more about that. Like like so there are just things kind of inherent to the design of magic, like the the color pie that they refer to where blue is going to have way more flying creatures. Cheap. Okay, sure. That's still Green that's green still is going to have cheaper bigger creatures. Black is going to have a lot of unblockable stuff. It's going to have maybe some regenerating stuff and and like graveyard interactions. Graveyard interactions, yeah. And control more like kill kill a creature and like kind of thing. sacrifice red, stuff yeah so yeah. red is gonna have a lot of direct damage white is gonna have a lot of cheap small creatures and protection healing. stuff yeah and so some of those things are just even though they're not like nominally targeted against there's there's nothing as like just bald as red elemental blast and blue elemental blast that are right. just like right. the cheap red spell that counters any blue thing and the cheap blue thing that counters any red thing. Yeah. Like they don't really do a lot of that. There aren't any like circles of protection in this. But they do have, set. they do have strengths yeah. that make it so you're more likely to be effective against one color. Just generally, like if you just had a random selection of cards you'd be more likely to, to win against a color that it was opposed to. But 
I guess, how does that work out? Does, is the opposition symmetric or yeah. not? I mean, I think it's just, I think it's, it's not super well defined and they don't really go out of their way to like, they don't have like a codex that explains all this. Right. It's just kind of a feeling huh. that it is I, applied to the whole design process. Like, I, I guess I feel like my guess is whoever designed this game felt like, oh, well, all of these decks should be equally effective against these starting things so it just doesn't matter but they just can't be there's too uh, many of them yeah I don't and know. the starting campaign is the the starting opponent that you're fighting is just one guy like the only way i was able to make any progress at all was to turn the difficulty level of the ai down as far as it would go and then do it a couple more times until i got lucky mm-hmm. and won because it was just like either i'm so bad at magic that i couldn't even beat this baby deck using a deck that had been constructed to for babies to use or it just was a bad deck for this environment like my as soon as i lost i was like man i was fucked the whole time in this i need to try another approach like i need to try a different deck against this and then when i found out i couldn't i was like wow fuck this game huh like yep i mean but on the other hand once you once you get f- past the initial stuff and open up the deck building and stuff, if you're into deck building at all, it's super compelling. Because, um, I, like I said, I don't really enjoy straight up playing Magic all that much, but I like the deck building enough that I keep playing it because I I want to get that rare goblin I need for this deck idea that I'm designing. and And they've split the 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 cards in the game up into the various worlds so if you need a particular card then you have to go to this particular world and fight guys there to get it and then if you want this other card you have to go fight guys at the other world and so it mixes it up a lot and as far as like collecting uh your sets of cards and and constructing your decks it's real compelling are you trying but, to build it up having only paid the cheap I paid intro version of the game or I well the the iPad game is uh is free to begin with but you pay 10 bucks to unlock all of the worlds um How so weird. so I did that and then I bought What do you get to play what do you get to play for free? What? What do you get to play for free if you download the app? Oh, uh if you don't pay you get to uh you get to play I think Instrad the first world and that's it. Wow, on the PC version, if you do pay, you have to beat Innistrad before you can get to anything else. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, if you I, pay ten bucks, there's for thirty five bucks, you just unlock everything, apparently. Yeah, which is which is fine. Well, I, mean, I, if, I if they had just said this game costs thirty five bucks, I would have said, all right. I'll, well, I'll that, that the thirty the thirty buck unlock also gives you, I think, one of every card in the set. Oh, just one? Well, I don't know because I haven't tried it. Because I didn't want to buy all the cards in a break. You wanted like to actually that. play I wanted to actually play them. through yeah. and collect them. I did pay ten bucks to get a few of the boosters that are the 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 sixth set that aren't connect that's like every there's like a set of cards that's like, I don't know, sixty or ninety cards for every world. And then there's another set that's the premium set that you only get cards from that set by buying $2 boosters. So I bought like five of those. Huh. 
That's gross. Yeah, kind of. I don't... But it's magic, and that's the sort of way that magic has always worked, right? Yeah, but at that point, like, what? I mean, I guess two bucks for a pack of 15 cards or whatever is very different than, you know, the seven bucks that it costs in Magic Online, mm. and then you have to be playing Magic Online with those people. <laughs> um, ah, man, I, like... What I wanted was a refinement of the version of it from last year that I liked. Yeah, so they just and it's not, it. and I don't think it's just disliking change because I've bought, I've bought all of these for the last like five years that they've been doing them, and last year's was fucking great. Like of all of them, last year's was one that I got into and played all the way through every bit of it because it just kept setting up like new challenges that were like specific enough. To like it being puzzly, almost yeah, and then there were some just straight up yeah, puzzles. It had the there weren't nearly puzzles. there weren't nearly enough of them. Those this time. Like I, I, like I would pay five bucks a month to have twenty new of those Magic the Gathering puzzles sure. put in front of me. Yeah, every month, like no questions asked. Like fuck yes, like that is exactly that, and the just like occasionally, like here's a deck, here's an enemy. Play a game of Magic. That is what I want out of my engagement with Magic the Gathering. I don't want to go to a store where there are guys playing Magic the Gathering. I don't want to go to a tournament. I don't <laughs> want to... I, like, I could imagine going with guys I like to a draft where I'm like, I'm going to give you $20 and I'm going to play Magic for a couple hours. And then, like, when I leave, you can just fucking keep these cards because I don't care. I'm not going to, like... I have enough Magic cards to put into sleeves for prototyping board games. <laughs> like, and that's it. There were, in whatever, this is, this could be fucking eight, nine years ago for all I actually remember, but the cards that I'm using, that I have in the, that sort of box that I'm using to prototype stuff, there were circles of protection in the base set mm -hmm. that we bought whenever we bought those cards, Riff. I don't know. It might be like, eighth edition or something which would be seven years old i think it's 15th they're 15 now the, these cards all say d15 what does the d stand for magic duh gathering uh, yeah i don't know did dig it all they're meant to be played on 15 sided die <laughs> video games yes yep so many so this assignment yeah Octo Dog. Dog? Dad. Dad. Bog. Octo Dog? Bog Dad. <clears throat> I played Kevin beat the it. entire thing. Really? Riff. Yep. What's wrong with you, Riff? I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, well I... I didn't do the I didn't beat the bonus level. I couldn't I couldn't beat that stinking toilet level. That was not hard. To uh, me. I got compared to compared to a lot of the other parts of the game, that was like eh. I kept falling down after the second red button and at that point you're it locked was, and you can't get back it up. It was only two D compared to three D. How much <laughs> hard how hard could it be compared to the rest of the game? No man, I couldn't get it. I, I couldn't I, figure I, I would out get how to, to that... weed the garden. <laughs> Did you is that where you stopped? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you wow. are a bad human. Bad. I couldn't figure it out. It kept giving me breadcrumbs to nowhere. What do you mean, breadcrumbs to nowhere? So, okay, you went over to the garden. You got to the garden. 
It was like the yard. I went to the garden and my wife yelled at me. For, for stepping on the flowers. Stepping yeah. on the flowers, yeah. Okay, so you don't step on the flowers. Okay. And then if you put your tentacle in front of a weed, it says pull, and you pull it out of the ground, and that's Were the done. weeds in the with the flowers? They were. Oh, well, I thought that I was supposed to stay away from there because the game yelled at me when I went there. I thought I was supposed to pull the shit that was in the yard. No, that and was the, the grass that you... The breadcrumbs kept pointing me in random directions. Well, yeah, there are three different things to do in the yeah, backyard. There were There's different, different, there were different tasks, so it was pointing you towards whichever one it you happened to be standing It seemed like it you had to, was you had to mow, offering you had to me weed, one. It seemed like it was offering to... me one task at a time. It said, make hamburgers, and I made no. hamburgers, and then it said, weed the garden. It it acted it, like it was it, it acted like it was providing three objectives, but you can do any of them. You can do any of them. And I think it probably will just... Point I'm you. sorry, I'm so terrible. I I liked the game. I really liked the way that it looked. It reminded me of that one level of jazz punk where you're in the sort of pad, the cool pad. Okay. And you have to play the weird oh, yeah. cockroach yeah. mini game. Uh but Huh. I never really felt like I got good at moving around. I think like I would get stuck in a mode where I was trying to walk and just sort of flailed around in place for a really long time, which wasn't super fun. And I was worried that eventually it was going to get to the point where I had to do it quickly. Did and you, I wasn't gonna did be able you actually to. hit space bar? So you weren't, you were just using your upper body instead of your lower body? No, I knew okay. I, I get that. I just okay. think that it, it was, uh, I would sometimes what, what I found was that I was, struggling against the camera more often than I was struggling against physics, just trying to figure out like you can move the camera. Yeah, a little, a little bit. A little bit. You can't move it very much. Sure. Depends on the scene, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was helped a lot by playing the student game first. Oh yeah. Because it it sort of introduced me to all the controls in a much simpler environment and I like it was a much it was like a quick short 30 minute game to play through that version of it and going from that into the the actual you know sort of retail release I I felt like I had a baseline understanding of what they were what where they were coming from and what they were doing and so it just everything felt very natural and I feel like maybe they should they should have the student game as a tutorial <laughs> or something I mean the wedding level was yeah. Failure resistant and sure. It I could not have been less interested in seeking out optional objectives in the Oh levels. yeah. Just given given how much of a pain in the ass it was to get around the fixed ca- like a fixed camera makes me not want to explore a space because I feel like when there is a fixed camera that just decides where it is based on where you are and what you're doing, the game of hiding shit from you is not a game of you understanding how the space is laid out. It is a game of you understanding where they hid shit hmm. in a kind of a fixed I spread of space. And I like... I don't know. I'm not doing a very good job of articulating this. I mean, I didn't look for a lot of hidden stuff either, but like I, I found there's like a necktie in the wedding, and 
It popped there's up three. A, yeah, well, there's I, three neckties I in found, every level. I found I found one necktie in the in the wedding. I was like, oh, so it's, it's, it's one on the door one handle. Three. Yeah, because it's right there. And so one of three is like, okay, so neckties is a collectible, huh? Okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. And I never saw a single one again in the well, entire rest of the game. They're all they're all hidden. I found one more in the first level, but then I was there's like, one God under damn the it. cake, and there's, there's one in a drawer in the, the first the, level, huh. right? The or the second level, I guess, but. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, all right, I get it, but I don't want to figure out where you can go in this space because it's hard to move around. The supermarket was, like, like had a couple of, like, really awesome hidden things. No, I I mean, I I imagine that there's a lot of funny stuff in there. I, I really feel like a failure from you should You should spend some more time playing it. Like, the writing in the game is pretty good, especially all the, like... Sort all the of, all the ways they dodge around the fact that this woman fucked an octopus and had two kids. <laughs> uh, well, there's that, but there's the like just like all the stuff the kids say just randomly while you're wandering around doing stuff in the room is yeah. really cute and funny, yeah. and like you know what, the stuff that your wife's like all the stuff that like is happening around you while you're just sort of flailing around trying to get shit done is really clever. And I think they did a good job with that construction. It seems like it'd be a fun game to watch. Hmm. I don't I, know. I think I would rather watch somebody who was good at who it. was better at video yeah. games than I am. Yeah, as someone who likes to watch a, a guy who's talented at video games play video games, I can definitely agree with that. Somebody who I was watching, really I would, I would, I would not want to watch a blind LP of this game, but I would definitely watch an expert LP. Somebody who was really good at it wouldn't give you an understanding of like the comedic genius of like falling off of stuff and like knocking tables over and things that you get sure. from, from. I'm not saying I want someone, I want to watch somebody do a speed run. I'm saying that like Emily would pick this game up way faster than I did. Hmm. And I think I would have more fun watching her struggle with that a little and occasionally right. fuck up in comical ways, as opposed to watching myself play it and just getting angry hmm. because I know what I want to do. And I just can't make the fucking thing do it. Cause I'm like somebody's fucking grandma playing a video game. Yeah. Climbing stuff that was effectively like a ladder was really hard. Yeah. Octodad is bad at ladders. And that was frustrating in a bunch of different places, although you do start to learn how to deal with it. I had a weird thing happen on the ship level where um, I had to uh, – it, it was when you have to go from the upper deck on the one side to the lower deck on the other side or something and then get to the, the captain's room. And mm-hmm. I – there's like this big – crate in the way of like the main walkway of of this ship and i managed to accidentally flip around it and into the other half of the level just completely accidentally bypassing everything and then hmm. got to the captain's uh deck or whatever just by this completely insane and unanticipated route and then all the sailors killed me when they when i got there oh because <laughs> you weren't in his in the outfit or whatever i i forget exactly what if it gave any i don't i feel like it was uh i think i already had the outfit it was just that i had gotten there in a route that was supposed to be impossible <laughs> Huh. You like, didn't hit the it, it, anti-alarm. It may, it may be way. that I missed something on the way. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, it was just this 
the, it was like, well, I'll see if I can scoot around this crate on the outside railing and manage to completely flip myself all the way across to the other side of the deck accidentally. It's like, well, that worked pretty good. There are a lot of achievements with this game that I think require actual skill mm-hmm. to pull off. Like, there's stuff that I don't understand. Like, one of the achievements is for getting to the um, ceremony while there is a best man there, which I don't know what that means. And then there's an achievement for throwing the ring onto her finger instead of placing it there, which seems insane to me, but clearly is possible. And like stuff like that, where like, because it's this physics simulation, you can be like, okay, well, you know, make this basket from a hundred meters or whatever. And it's technically possible, but Jesus Christ. I did not interpret that as a basketball and more felt like arts and crafts. So, like, <laughs> what? How? Like, Make a basket from 100 meters. <laughs> sure. You have 100 measuring tapes. Now make a basket. That seems like a totally straightforward thing. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I don't know that there's a whole lot left to say about it. Yeah. Right? I'm glad it's, it's I'm a glad game that's it exists. I I like it. You're probably not going to come back to it. I'm probably not going to come back to it. I mean, there's just there's too much other stuff that's more game, you know, and less sort of spectacle. I don't know why jazz punk charmed me so much and this jazz didn't punk was pretty great jazz punk doesn't doesn't try to frustrate you with the controls yeah it's not yeah. it's not in your way i mean it's just like here's a world we're gonna let you explore it and fuck around and here's all the jokes stanley parable fucks with the world and you can still enjoy it but it's it it is putting obstacles towards your forward progress this is like the sort of far cry 2 of humor games (laughs) where it's like oh hey fuck you malaria right like (laughs) oh you thought your gun was gonna fire no octopus rolls down a hill yeah well what are we gonna do for another assignment you tell us capsule by adam saltman so it's like is this, a radar is this a simulator. Thing? Yeah, you're sort of playing it on a sonar radar thing. It's it's okay. unclear. It's atmospheric. Okay. It looks pretty good. Okay. I saw uh this was not the way to experience it. Sean was like, "Come here, put these headphones on. I'm going to play this game and you're going to listen to the sound." That's what this game is all about. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I'm pretty sure this game would be all about like me actually being in control of the <laughs> things that were happening, but um but it looks it's 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 lo-fi and in a weird stylized way where it sort of looks like you're on a kind of a you've got like scan lines on the screen like it's and there's interference like it's on a CRT like just sort of slight vertical hold maladjustment things and the sound is good and it's mysterious you don't know where you are you don't know what anything is okay yeah i think it's going to be fun all right Capsule. Let us do some listener's mail. Okay. Uh, Let's see. First, there's some interesting spam. Uh, Morty says, 
Hello, my name is Marty Goldman. I stumbled upon your site, videogameshotdog.com. I'm sorry to write in such an odd manner. I thought to call you, but I didn't want to take up your time. What I have to say may be of great interest to you. Search Capital engine, D. Search engine optimization. <laughs> After all of that buildup, the message was just a capital D. Huh. Uh, Karim writes, Hameni, H-A-M-E-N-Y, level evu, V-E-W. It's pretty good. Uh, blank writes, <laughs> capital B, capital L, lowercase e, capital U, capital F, lowercase i, capital L, capital M. So, blue film. Okay. Um, that's pretty... That's the whole message. Pretty interesting, yeah. Huh. Uh, Stuart says, not a question, just trying to share the fun. It's kind of like Master Theorem, y'all might like it. And it's uh, avp42.com slash puzzle, which seems like it's not, it It did not strike me as the thing that looked like Master Theorem so much as the thing that looked like, uh, what's an example of one of those things where the goal of each web page is to find the URL of the next web page? Mm, right. Wefriddles. Okay. Uh, hey guys, says Super Marshmallow Man, can you three suggest other similar or interesting podcasts that would be worth listening to? I'm looking to expand my library as I'm working more. Thanks. Love the podcast. Do they have to be in the video game domain? Well, if they are in the video game domain, you can listen to, uh, Watch Out for Fireballs, which is mm -hmm. our, our buddy, uh, our buddy, our buddies Lul Ross and Peanut Butterfield, All right. as they are called on April Fool's. Uh, do do that show. There's a bunch of other shows on the Duckfeed Network uh, about video games that are pretty I, idle good. Thumbs. Idle, idle Thumbs is pretty yeah. good. Tone Control. You know, the Giant Bombcast is, is pretty is good. good. Um, what you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my uh, I'm gonna go into my little podcast feed and see if I can find anything that uh, is maybe not a thing that everyone already knows about. So what do I got? The Adam and Doctor Drew show, which I'm beginning to not listen to anymore. Radio Lab. Eventually, there comes a time in every person's life when they go from being kind of a fan of Adam Carolla to being just 100% fed up with Adam Carolla's politics. Hmm. <laughs> um, I listened to a few episodes of the Quarter to Three podcast. That's a, a guy who was an actor and also a video games critic has a okay. website. What are the other good video overthinking games? Overthinking it? Yeah, overthinking is, it is pretty good. Is popular good popular culture uh, over analysis podcast. Mm -hmm. You can you can start with the episodes that I was a guest on. The uh, HP Lovecraft literary podcast is good. Yeah, it is pretty good. I haven't and, I uh, I sort of gave up on that. I Welcome got to Night Vale is good. Too far behind. Welcome to Night Vale is good. Yeah. 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 I have not been charmed by Welcome to Night Vale, but I'm not. You haven't really given you haven't really given uh, given yourself over to it. Uh well, I was hoping there'd be more uh, novels. Although I guess you know. Not everybody knows all of the things that I know. Podcastthing.com. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a super aggregator of good podcast recommendations. Hmm. Tolliver Wrist says, with this year's EVO coming up, I was wondering about your general thoughts and past experiences relating to fighting games. Would you ever consider playing one as an assignment? That's tricky because I feel like you it would be pretty player. difficult for us to actually be able to do that. Although I played Tongue of the Fat Man as a kid by myself and it was awesome you, i remember you reading what? about tongue of the tongue, tongue of the, of the fat, fat man, man. It, it was, was like a really PC, good it was like a really uh, it 
I read about it in Dragon Magazine. It was reviewed in Dragon Magazine, but it was like I didn't have a computer that was good enough to run it at the mm. time, and so it was just out of reach for me. And it was like, oh, God, if I just had a better computer, I'd be able to play this amazing game. Uh, it was just a fighting game with a bunch of different weird aliens and Super stuff, Super right? weird huh. stuff. Um, I, I had a phase in high school when Mortal Kombat 2 had just sort of hit arcades and I had kind of just gotten into Mortal Kombat 1 and learned all the special moves and stuff, but I never really played it competitively. Mortal Kombat 2, there was a scene at the arcade that I went to where every day after school there would be a bunch of us and we would play against each other and like the arcade started organizing tournaments and stuff and like it was actually like a thing where I was like in an environment where there were challenging opponents and I made me it made me get good at the game I don't if you started talking to me about any of the ways in which people are meaningfully and describably good at fighting games I don't think that any of those would correspond to any of the ways in which I had internalized hmm. any of what was going on with Mortal Kombat 2 and I think that serious fighting game people are sort of poo-pooey about the Mortal Kombat games because they're not very good fighting games. Hmm. I have a. I mean, I played a shitload of Street Fighter Two because they always had one in an arcade, mm-hmm. but I n- almost never played it against other people. The Mortal Kombat movie was better than the Street <laughs> Fighter movie. That's certainly true. I have I have kind of a fondness for the Soul Calibur games, and I generally buy a new one when it comes out, but I don't I don't care enough to get good at them. But you just play them against the computer, right? I mean, yeah, I mostly just play them against the computer. Sometimes I play against Jenny a bit, and then Jenny spends the next few hours making new characters because she likes <laughs> she likes character editors in games. But that one, I remember Soul Calibur Four having a pretty good one. You could do a lot of crazy shit. She usually makes herself, and then all of the people that she knows mm-hmm. in those games. She makes herself and then gives her just a dude British voice. That's true. <laughs> um, I remember as a kid playing Karate Champ, which is even more poo-pooed as like a shitty fighting game, but it might have been the first sort of head-to-head martial arts fighting video game. Mm, first one I can think uh, of. Is Space War not martial arts? Well, I guess it yeah. kind of is. Spaceships punching each other. And martial just means, you know, warlike, <laughs> warlike. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be it would be interesting at a at a if there was a week where we were all in the same place mm. and we decided we were going to play a fighting game a and three we like, player bracket, not even a three player, but like figuring out. Like if we were to say when KOL Con was happening hmm. or when ZapCon was happening and we were all there, if we had a Street Fighter 2 machine and we were like, hey, anyone who's local, who's good at Street Fighter 2, let's block off this three hour period where we are all going to just play Street Fighter 2 and we are going to learn about Street Fighter 2 and we are going to see like what sort of things we're missing about the way that fighting games work. There was an ebook. That somebody, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, uh, Tolliver Rist also writes, apropos, somebody posted a beginner's guide on shoryuken.com recently and then links to it. And that book was an object lesson in how not to write a book for an audience that doesn't already know what you're talking about. Because it was like, 
here are some ways in which Street Fighter 2 is really important and really exemplifies all of these things that are true about fighting games. And then, like, from the outset, it's just terminology that a layman does not know what it means. Just over and over and over again in every paragraph. And, huh. it, uh, like, I was like, okay, come on, man. Like, I'm really glad I didn't pay for this because I would be mad if I had given you money for this, because it's like all you, written in Japanese, you are not doing what you set out to do here. And, and while I appreciate the recommendation, I just couldn't get, I, like I probably could have solved for what all the words meant in the paragraphs about things, but like, when I mean, it was sort of talking about how Rue or Ryu or Ryu. Yeah. My, Buddy who took Japanese classes in high school insisted that it was do. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Mountain Ryu. The fireball dragon punch. The fact that his moves are the fireball and the dragon punch. Just that encapsulates everything you need to know about what fighting games are all about. Uh, Because you shoot a fireball, it leaves your opponent with a choice. That choice is either to get hit by your dragon punch or to take some damage. I don't know, man. It, like, I get how, I get how you could, in, in microcosm, describe the sort of, like, mind game slash reflex slash risk-reward thing that happens in serious fighting game play just based on the set of game state circumstances that are creatable with those two moves. Um, but it didn't do a, it didn't do a super good job of making it clear. Solve Omnis says, what the fuck is up with video slot machines? I saw that Ghostbusters one put money in, pressed a button, some lights flashed and I was poorer. How does one use these? <laughs> well, I, when I was I in Vegas, that's I won, basically it. <laughs> I won like 80 bucks at the Ghostbusters slot machine again. In one with one quarter. Uh, no, I put like 20 bucks in. Okay. I put 150 bucks in and then I walked away with 80 bucks. So I won 80 bucks. <laughs> um, I ended up losing money in general. Like I just put 20 bucks in a bunch of different slot machines, just fucking around to see if there were some cool ones. There was a new you Ghostbusters took a $20 one. $20 bill. You just crammed it into the machine. You're like, why isn't this doing anything? Stupid gambling. There was a new Ghostbusters machine that was real shitty. Oh yeah. Didn't give me any money at all. And then I went, I finally found my old one, my old, my old good buddy Ghostbusters and uh, won some money. And then I went to the pinball hall of fame in Vegas and I played a few pinball machines and I had, this didn't plan. win any money there either. Uh, no, I didn't. I just spent <laughs> a bunch of, I spent like $8 and quarters. Uh, and I had, I, I had it all figured out. I was like, well, this place closes at 11. I'm just going to take a cab back to my hotel and go to bed. And then I took this a cab. Your four day stretch of back to my hotel. And instead of going to bed, I drank and played craps for four hours. <laughs> um, you were in Vegas. I was. And I won fifty dollars and I got like nine free drinks. <laughs> twelve fifty twelve fifty plus drinks an hour. You know, I was tipping five dollars a drink. So Okay. I won eighty dollars and then probably also another forty dollars that I Spent on Sam's Adams. Uh, Michael Rain says, Making a video out of an audio file is actually fairly easy. I needed to do it a few days ago, and I just Googled MP3 to AVI or some such, and it asks you for a picture to have as a still, and then has the audio over it. Yeah, but I mean, that's not 
I don't want just like a, you know, a picture of Godzilla and a blind melon song. <laughs> That's not going to convince anybody to support our fake Patreon. <laughs> uh, although it might. Uh, Rathod Karen uh, sends in their email address. <laughs> cool. That's pretty good. Uh, Soren says, hey, Zach, you might want to check out how Fallen London has changed recently. They updated or they upped your turn counter to 20 max turns. And if you donate like five dollars, it ups to 40 instead, which should be fine for what you want to do, except it's five dollars a month. And 40 still means you have to play every five or six hours. Hmm. So like, no. Have to. I want to pay them for less resources. Delivered. With a coarser granularity. That is what I want. I don't want all of the turns that it doles out. I want some of them every day. Day at a time. Hmm. I have been playing it, though. And I've just been sort of ignored. Like, whenever I think of it, I go and then I have a whole batch of energy to play with. And, like, whatever. (laughs) You know, it's still... it. Maybe 40 would be enough... That if I just went back whenever it occurred to me, there would be enough. I would have enough to actually accomplish something as opposed right. to like, well, what was I doing? Like, I could be working on any number of things, you know. Good. Midget Dragoon says, I'm entirely for killing a skeleton and then getting a sweet sword. But what of the other tastes? Not particularly fond of the idea of getting a sour sword. Hmm. Lol. Hmm. Uh, Mibs killing an umami skeleton. <laughs> Mibs from Sweden says, "Do any of you guys play any competitive games like Dota 2, Counter Strike, Global Offensive, Battlefield, Battlefield, or maybe Street Fighter 4? Do you play one casually?" Nope. Well, I played some Mortal Kombat 2 in high school. <laughs> I played some DayZ for a week. Did you? Yeah. Did you play that for a week? Not like a week straight, huh. but several several nights out of that week. I played it for an hour and nothing happened, and then a zombie. Clip through walls and killed me. I'm not even particularly into multiplayer games, let alone competitive ones. I understood when we actually gave Team Fortress 2 a chance. Mm, I understood why someone why someone would get into that. Um, generally, I'm not a competitive guy, and I don't feel like either of you dudes are either. Like, I, mean, I like competing, but I prefer a leaderboard style to hmm. real-time competition asynchronous versus synchronous i think is my style i mean you like you like playing board games and you win board games all the time i mean i guess we do play a lot of competitive games because most of the board games that we play are competitive but we don't really play them competitively right like sure uh, riff and i don't and maybe you don't either it's just that we play them to optimize we play them to accomplish whatever it is that the game is setting out in front of us to accomplish. Right. And you, Kevin, are just better at that than we are, so you always win. But if it's... I will will use tactics to impact the relative standings, which is PvP-ish stuff. Right. You will also... You will also do what gets you the most points rather than what sounds like the most fun. Right. Uh, which is a little different than our approaches, I think. But The anti-prom queen. <laughs> yeah. It... I don't know. 
I want everyone to have fun. I want the most people to be as happy as possible. And so in everything that I try to do... You're like a John Stuart Mill utilitarian guy, aren't you? A little bit, yeah. Huh. I mean, I'm a, I'm a... Morally, I'm an Immanuel Kant categorical imperative guy but yeah probably in terms of absolute goals john stuart mill is 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 the one except the whole blowjob machine counter screws that up to that yeah which (laughs) and honestly probably that's okay it's probably okay (laughs) like i've not actually heard of that argument is a blowjob machine would would provide the greatest happiness yeah like if it, like the perfect world in a in a pure like utilitarian happiness standpoint is one where everyone is hooked up to a blowjob machine hmm. and nothing ever gets done but everyone is as happy as it's possible to be i feel like that's very satisfying for half the population well i mean you figure out the alternate like okay you know you put them on the addictomy machine first and then <laughs> But the point is, yes. be, a, a perfect virtual reality simulation in which everything was great and you were happy all the time doesn't seem like a moral, a morally superior thing, right? Like, so it's it's just hard to define meaningful happiness versus non-meaningful happiness. Then you start getting into religious territory. Okay. The struggle is what's important. You got to earn that. You got to earn that reward in the afterlife. What I'm hearing is that you want to start a religion. That's probably a good idea. Tax-free status. <laughs> and Naked Jew says, Dear Jick, <clears throat> the Amazon free shipping threshold is now $35, not $25. And I can confirm that adding $35 worth of just add-on items makes it eligible to ship. Yeah, I also discovered that. <gasps> well... I verified that oh. afterwards. Yeah, you guys were you guys were right. Yes. Tell your sisters. Crazy. You were right. Neither of you guys has sisters. <laughs> are we all only children? Oh, we are all only children. Mm. Huh. That's why we're such assholes. <laughs> well, that's why I'm such an asshole and you guys are such pussies. <laughs> I'm not going to share any of my stuff with any of you. Mm. Gentlemen, it's been a fantastic episode, episode 161, mm-hmm. at least as far as I'm concerned. I don't, you know, the listeners might not have enjoyed it, but fuck them. <laughs> uh, I hope we have a, I hope we have another episode real soon. And I think we will in just a week. I, I think, think it will be a week. I think that's we're back in, true. Uh, we're back in the, in a consistent spot for at least a few weeks now. Sure. We don't have any, we don't have any out of state travel to do. And even when sure. we do, we're going back to the state where Riff is. Yep. State of hat wearing. That's right. Not being dead. <laughs> Keep those two things up. You are that alive guy, Riff. That's but true. You're not yet. It's because true. you've been alive more than half the time I've known you. <laughs> Riff, that he's just that guy that keeps on living. That's right. Here I am. Super weird. Still alive. That's what they call me. <laughs> Still alive, the, Riff. The lift that keeps on living. Yep. Riff, have you started driving for Lyft? No. And if so, do you call it rift? Rift, and then you know a gash in space time. Opens yeah, you drive. Up. You 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 instantaneously transport people around through <laughs> jagged, naturally occurring portals in space time. It's a good trip. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everyone. Good night.
how few Amish guys does it take to stand this horse up? <laughs> <laughs>